Lord, in prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for another opportunity to come in your house this evening, Father, and to have fellowship with you, oh God. As the prayer was made, Lord, at the beginning, Father, it's a privilege, it's a grace that has been given to us that we can come. Many people would have loved, Father, to be in the position we are in now. But Father, Lord, we don't want to take it for granted. We don't want to take it just by tradition. We don't want to take it just because, like if we don't have any other thing to do beside this. But Father, we, we cherish this moment. And Father, Lord, we come here because it's your promise that wherever two or three will be gathered, we'll be there, Father. We come in your presence. Where there is the presence of God, Father, there is deliverance, there is liberty, there is, Father, Lord, the casting away of demons in your presence, Father, there is also a growth that is happening, Father. That's why we want, Lord, that what we want in our life is to grow, to grow to your image, to look more like you, Father, to have the mind of Christ, to be washed by the word of God, as we heard this morning. Father, we want to be cleansed. We want to be separated from any unbelief. Father, we want, Lord, Lord, to reflect you, to express your life. That's our desire, Father. Thank you for each and every one this evening. Thank you for the gift in Brother Marion, Father, that could prepare our heart, Lord, for the word. We thank you, Father, even for the songs and the atmosphere that was created, the musicians, Father, each one, and the singing, and the amen, and the presence of each one, Father. We are part of one body. How realize, Lord, that without the other, we wouldn't be what we are. It's because you put us, Lord, in one body, and we benefit from one another. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for that grace. May you bless your bride this evening. Draw us closer to you, Lord. We want to be one body under one headship of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Put the man aside, Father, and may you visit us again. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, musicians. God bless you. Greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm sure you enjoyed the service this morning, and Amen. balance in the Word of God, and now we need that all the time. As, uh, I don't have the quote with me, but I came across, the last time when I was preparing, I came across the quote of Brother Banham. I'm paraphrasing him, but he, he said, on each side of the road, you know, you go, the road is not, it's curved. Then on each extreme that you go, you'll go to very far to the extreme. You need to stay in the middle of the road. And I just thought, oh God, help us to stay in the middle of the road. Sometimes we, we can have our own mind, which is, and we have back, it's backed up by the word of, by, by the certain codes, but we miss the, the spirit on, in which context was given and the love behind it. And we just go by the law and we miss the love behind what was given, and thank God for always reminding us of that. And we need His grace, Amen. Amen. And invite you to the Word of God. I hope I miss anything. Um, the other day, when I was preaching on Wednesday, and the visitor brother came and he made some few comments, and I just thought in my heart, like. Uh, should make it a rule in the church if there is a visitor minister, even if the local is planned for that, scheduled for that, the visitor has to preach. <laughs> he has to be ready any <laughs> season. 
So I just thought, okay. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you think about it, and you'll be the one who'll be the victim of that one day. And so, uh, Brother Stephen, so <laughs> we'll do that on you. <laughs> just be ready anytime. Uh, Hebrews 11, 8. The same scripture we've been reading for time. And, uh, you think that I'm still on the surface of it, but my impression that Hebrews 11, 8, and says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive, after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. And then uh, I'll make you read again Matthew 16. Familiar scripture. And I'll let you sit down. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and one of, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Remember here, it's going now personally. Whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. May God bless his word and we can have a seat. I'd like to read more on that on the same page there. After Simon answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ is the Messiah. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I've been blessed, Brother Ed has been digging in this scripture and making it more and more real to us, that there will be, the, the gates of hell will fight against it. They will be there against it. There will be many pressure against it, but there is one promise, it shall not prevail against it. Amen. And it says, Now we give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then... Charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Amen. And then the word goes on and sounds like uh, there, is a, there, is, there, is, there is a change here. And, but I want just to read that for a purpose where I want to go. So it says, and from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples 
how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and, and be killed and be raised again the third day. But Peter took him and began to rebuke him and saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. But what is a man, but what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Amen. Do you love the Word of God? I would like to continue on the subject last time, and the obedience of faith, and, um, part, I guess, two, three, and, and just put this as, as a subtitle this, on that is, a, is a pray for more revelation. I expressly chose to read further for the scripture about Peter because after expressing his faith, his revelation, right after that he shows also his humanity. He also shows his part where he tried to interfere with the plan of God and if you are not very careful, sometimes we, are, we, 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 we get caught up in, in how it can sound or it can look so, uh, so opposite to each other. But the fact that he made that mistake didn't prevent the revelation that he had in his heart. The fact that he was, even declared what he declared, and he got so he rebuked so harshly, but Jesus Christ was not rebuking the, the person as to say, but he was rebuking the spirit behind it. Because it was in contradiction to what the plan was, the plan of redemption. It says, no, that spirit, I can discern it. It's not the spirit of God. That is the spirit of the enemy. And doesn't want to fulfill the plan of God. Even though he was, he was sincere and he wanted to do it. Wanted, no, I loved him in the filial love. But he didn't have the bigger picture. He didn't have the bigger picture of what God was fulfilling. So he tried to tread there and stay in, 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 in the path of duty. And says, no, you cannot do that. But God says, and Jesus Christ told him, no, you don't know what kind of spirit is inside of you. And I don't want to follow that. I have to follow the word of God. But even though, but that doesn't prevent that he had the revelation inside of him. Amen. Call on God for more revelation means like this. And the prophet says in exposition of seven church ages. And by the way, I, I took my, my thought and basically my thought this evening. And I would, I would like just to go through it as a little bit of a, of a study just to look into life a little bit of, of a Peter. And as a parallel, and which is also a parallel in many cases on our lives. How sometimes we handle things. But there are just want to put you, give you the idea here and the plan. But what is the most important is the revelation inside of your heart. Once you have that revelation, that revelation is holding you. Sometimes we think that we are holding the revelation, but actually the revelation that is holding us. No matter the situation, no matter what we are going through, the revelation is holding us. Amen. The prophet says, no man knows the things of God save the Spirit of God and he to whom the Spirit of God reveals them. 
You cannot try to get the revelation by your own study, by your own effort and all different things. You cannot get the revelation like that. Revelation is given by God and God himself. It's not, no, it's not new news for anybody here. But we need to call on God for revelation more than anything else in the world, the prophet says. We need to call on God for revelation more than anything else in the world. We have accepted the Bible. We have accepted the great truths of it. But it, is, but it, it still is not real to most people because the revelation by the Spirit is not there. The word has not been quickened. The Bible says, and take example of, of 2 Corinthians 5:21 and reads about it. And I'm skipping that part, and it says, then I skip that part, and it goes to the part who says, but the revelation of it is missing. It is not real to the majority of God's children. It is just a good verse in the Bible. But we need to have it made alive to us. That will take revelation, end of God. So the revelation is what is making the word of God alive. We can read the word of God. We can go to the scriptures. But if you don't have the revelation, you can't see that that word of God pertains to the time that you are living in. Look at the time of the Pharisees in the time of Jesus Christ. They were there. They were singing the psalm. They were reading the Bibles. But they couldn't understand that the reality or the fulfillment of those prophecies was the person who was right in front of them. They could read all the things, but they didn't grasp to have the revelation to understand that he was the Messiah the revealed word of that time. Have you always experienced the case where sometimes you can read the word of God or can listen to the message and many times and at one time you listen to it and it becomes just so real. It says, oh, now I see what Brother Banner means. Sometimes you went through, it, went through a life experience and after going through that life experience then you can listen to Brother Banner and then you realize, oh, I realize what you really meant by saying that. It becomes a reality. It becomes something that is tangible for you. Amen. And that's what God wants. He wants, he wants all of us to come to the level where the word of God is quickened. It's becoming alive. It's becoming real. Not just a lecture, but it becomes life. The life behind the word of God. Amen. Do you agree with me this evening? Says, and the prophet says on another quote, the proof of his resurrection, he says, Now Jesus spoke the same thing that he was here on earth. He said, You are blind leaders of the blind. He said, If the blind leads the blind, won't they all fall in the ditch? Now pronouncing Christian or religious teachers blind. See, God has a way of revealing himself to the people and making himself known to the people. But many times the tradition shut off the people before God can get a chance to get into them to reveal himself. We should not be doing things just by tradition. Amen. Because tradition is one of the worst hindrances to, to, to stay in the way of revelation when you do things just by tradition. I just do that. My father just do that. My mother just do that. My wife just do that. I go to church. I've been raised like that. This is part of my makeup. These are things... We, 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 we are not, the message is not a tradition. The message is a revelation. <laughs> the message is not, is not a reform, the new way of Amish community where we have a certain rules and things like that. And, and, you know, if you don't do things, you're not part of our community. You know, in our community, we do this and that, this. That's not what the message is about. The message is about a personal revelation for each person. 
A prophet sometimes, maybe misquote him here, but they would say, if you, if you want to do certain things, go ahead, do those things. Because if you still have that desire to do those things, you are not there yet. You need to get to the level where the desire of the things of the world completely dies. It becomes Christ living inside of you. It becomes a personal revelation to you, amen. Once you come of, you know, the community, once you come of that community, and then people go, out when they come of the message, oh, we are free, we are bound over there. There is no, there's no nothing binding here. The only thing binding here is the love of God binding you. And if you love him, you do whatever you want, he wants for you to do. Amen. That's what we are calling for obedience. You're not trying to push people to obey, but it's the love of God inside of you. I want to obey. I desire to obey. I want to follow the message. It's part of me. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. You see, reveal, Webster says, is to make known, to make known, and especially Webster says, in divine truth that the revelation means the revelation is Christ's way of making himself known to his church. Now we're going to say now, Brother Branhams, we're just saying this, and we won't say just say this. Now notice, he made himself known to Peter. Now if you want to mark this down, and he's going to repeat the scripture we have just read, it says Matthew 16, 15 to 17, I'll quote it. When they come from the Mount Transfiguration, says, Who does man say, I the son of man am? Some say they think you're Elijah, and some say you're one of the prophets. Jeremiah, and it goes on and read that life. Then it says, What does man think I am today? He's a philosopher, the social religion. He's a good man. We believe his teaching is right. He's a subject to be lived by. I think it would make us all better if we did. We ought to have our churches, and, and, and then goes and says that the Santa Claus, like a Santa Claus story, we heard that this morning, it's not expressions of some church that we should express something. Then he says, it's a life that you don't live yourself. But he comes in you and lives by himself. And you become a prisoner to any human intellectual being at all, to any human intellectual being at all, you led by the Spirit. Now, how do you know? Now you say, I might know I was losing my mind. Maybe a mind, maybe a man that loses his mind does that. But if you have the mind of Christ, Christ expresses himself through you, shows that it's him and not you. That's what we want. We don't want our own mind. We want the mind of Christ. We want the mind of Christ to be expressed to us, amen, to express through us. We don't want our own mind. Some people on the illusion of things goes out and becomes insane. Well, that we know that's wrong. But the devil trying to impersonate the real thing before it gets here, always a bogus. See? But the real man is to lose his own thought, his own thinking, Amen? Not come up blindly like that. No, sir. But you come up with your right sense and Christ takes you over and expresses himself through you. And now the world, you are an insane person. The world is insane and we are also insane to the world. If you have everything important, one time I will show you why we need the mind of Christ. If you just have to go by the mind of the world, it's insane. It's completely insane. Sometimes some of my wife share with me things like completely you really a human being can think that way. They go, with, oh, I don't even want to say anything, but the world is completely insane. And 
But we need, that's why we need for more revelation. We need more revelation to have the mind of Christ in this time. The only thing that can prevail in this time has to be revelation. Amen. The difference between the difference as we went through that. If you look at the life of Peter, he had the revelation. And excuse me if I, if I step a little bit on, on your toes or a different way, but... I just want to express this way. He had the revelation, but he was not yet born again. God told him once he is converted, then he can strengthen his brethren. So in Matthew 16, he was not yet converted. He was not yet filled with the Holy Ghost because he had to have that at the day of Pentecost. But he had the revelation in his heart. He had an anchor in his heart that he knew that he was Christ the Messiah. He was the son of the living God. He didn't know all the details. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know even that's why he could inter interfere, try to interfere himself into the way of how he's going to be crucified. Can the Messiah be crucified? He wants to interfere there. He doesn't know as Abraham, he doesn't know where it's going or where it's leading. But what he needs, just if as long as I stay with the master, as long as I'm crying and crying to him, Lord, give me more revelation. God is going to unfold more things as he's walking. Amen. As you walk with your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, your life is a progressive revelation, I'll put it this way. Revelation is progressive. As you are walking, as you are walking, you didn't understand everything. You didn't know everything. But as you are walking, God is unfolding and you're realizing, oh, more of God. Oh, I see more. Sometimes you make mistakes in your life and, and many, after many years you look back and say, oh, that was a mistake there, that was a mistake there. But thank be to God that I'm still walking with him. The most important thing, I'm still walking with him. Lord, let me be just have that willing in my heart to obey your word. I might do it in the wrong way, and we are all bound to do the wrong way. But as long as you have the willingness in your heart to obey, God will lead you. But the little revelation that you have in your heart, don't let that revelation try to mistreat that revelation. Keep that revelation alive. Because it will be the one that you're going to build on. It will be stone upon stone, stone upon stone, precept upon precept, revelation upon revelation. It will be with that revelation that will be building. We're not just building. Building a wall that is straight. We'll be building a house. We'll be, there will be some corners where you have to change. There will be some junction in the time. But as long as you are walking with God, God will make it come to, to, to perfection. Amen. The prophet says, God's only provided place of worship. Then, a new creation not to a denomination but to the word. You are creation of the word. Because the foundation stone was laid in you, before the foundation of the world, predestinated to be sons and daughters of God. And upon this comes stone upon stone and each age to vindicate that word that's coming up just exactly as Jesus did in his age, which is the capstone of it all. So you look at the life of Peter and many things relate to our life. Most of us, some came to you. Most of us, it's not us. We didn't have a dream and say, oh, you know. But that many testimonies like that, many, some people are having a dream. You have to go to that place, you have that church that we have sent you. But many of us, we didn't have those kind of experiences. Someone came and talked to us. Someone came and spoke to us. 
and they spoke to us, and, and something triggered in our heart, and said, oh, God, I want, to, I want to go a little bit deeper. I want, I want to see what he's about. And the same thing that happened to Peter. We were just reading the word of God. I'll just go through. Yeah, it's going to be simple this evening, but just walk with me. First John, or John first and 40 says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first find of his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And, and he brought him to Jesus. When Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, that shall be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Andrew did not bring him to him to put the emphasis upon the church or to put an emphasis upon himself or to put the emphasis upon another minister. But Andrew brought him to Jesus Christ. But the Bible will put in and says, we have, sometimes I wonder if we bring people to Christ or we bring people to the church. What I'm saying that is just to say, as long as you bring someone in the presence of God, God will take care of the rest. As the presence, as a person comes into the presence, in the presence of the word of God, God will take care of the rest. Sometimes we take this approach and put things on ourselves. You know, this person you you have, you know, if I, how can't you see that? If I express this way, if I, why can't you see that? No, that's not your problem. Your problem just you need to tell him, come and see. Just come and see. What, what, is, what do you believe? Just come and see. Come into our church and listen to the word of God. The word of God will prickle you. If you're a son of God, the word of God will take care of the rest. Because the seed will respond to the seed. As we became in the presence of Jesus Christ, he just called him, you are, you are, you are Simon, you are Simon and you are son of, of, of Jonah. And, and Peter was, you listened to that. This cannot be nothing else but the Messiah. And what a head he got to revelation in his heart. This is the Messiah. Amen. And the prophet says, every time an elect come into the presence, and come into the presence of God, something has to come. Listen to what he says. The ability to discern the heart thought in man made the elect of God to understand that here was the Messiah, the anointed word of God. Amen. Hebrews 4.14, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing ascent of soul and spirit, and the joint and marrow is a discern of the thought and intent of the heart. As you listen to Brother Barnum, you understand that it's not only a man trying to, to try to discern the, the people's mind or to guess upon the people's mind. It is the word of God still discerning the thought and the intent of the heart. Even today, as you are listening to the word of God, the word of God is still discerning the thought and intent of the heart. It's still real and so powerful as it was in the time of Brother Barnum. Do you agree with me this evening? The word is still the Messiah. The word is the Messiah, the prophet says. And the word is the Messiah. You believe that? Well, the reflection of the word then is what? Is a reflecting, a reflecting a Messiah, which is the Holy Ghost among us. Is reflecting himself, tries to, whatever he can find a lamp that he can look through, that isn't smoked up with creeds and things. He can leave, he can give light through. And the prophet goes on exposition seven church ages. The importance of revelation by the Spirit to a true believer can never be overemphasized. Revelation means more to you than perhaps you realize. 
I don't think that Peter, and of course, I don't think that Peter understood the importance of the revelation when he gave that expression, I know that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Maybe he didn't understand the importance of that revelation, but each day as he sees what it is and is walking his walk, he realized that it was the most important thing that he could have had in his life. Jacob did not maybe understand fully the importance of the birthright, even though he knew that it was greater than what he had a better understanding or the better understanding of the importance of it than, than Esau had, but he couldn't understand maybe that it will be the one that will be unfolding into more blessings, the one that will be unfolding into into having to fight with the, the angel. He's need to have that to be uh, unfolding into what God will lead him in his life. He didn't understand all that. But he, at that time where in his walk that he was walking, he understood that I just need what is in the presence of me here. I just need to grab that birthright. There's nothing that is more important to me than that birthright at that moment. What will come next, God will take care. But at that moment, that's what he needed the most. In your walk as with God, what is the most important? What is the message to you today? That's the question. What is the message to you today? What does the message mean to you today? What, is, what value is the message to you today? Jesus said and answered in Matthew, he says, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But Abraham says, God can't build his church upon any man born in sin. It was not some rock lying there as though God had allowed the ground at the spot. It isn't as the Protestants say that the church is built upon Jesus. It was the revelation. And the prophet says again, flesh and blood have not revealed it, but my fathers revealed it. And upon this rock revelation, I will build my church. The church is built upon revelation. God can't build his church upon a man. He did not build it on Peter. He did not build it on Paul. He did not build it on William Myron Branham. He cannot build it on any other man. God is building his church upon the revelation. Amen. The message cannot be passed on intellectually by through a seminary to some learning. The message is not just, an, a, 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 I would say, it's not just information. Message not just information or more knowledge or more understanding of the word of God. The message is a person. The message is a reality. The message is life. The message is something that becomes personal to you. Amen. I'm just trying to, 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 to prickle a little bit this evening. Amen. Is it okay? Amen. Amen. It cannot be obtained by comparing scriptures. It cannot be passed on to you by tradition. It cannot be passed to you by education. The Father has to reveal that to you. That's why pray for more revelation. The messenger of the age got it from God. Now we can see clearly many things, but it's still we have to pray for more revelation for God to make that a reality to you. We might not understand everything, but once you have received that revelation, something will keep holding you, as I said. It is an anchor. It is the Father who chose you, and is the one who will make it unfold more and more. But your duty is, God, give me more revelation. In John 6, 16, 
as Jesus Christ is expressed, as the Bible expresses it for Peter, it says, when Peter, when Jesus was talking, many therefore the disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the spirit that speaketh, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who shall betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto you except it were given unto him of my Father. No one can draw you to the Father unless it's the Father himself who draws you. Amen. That's why revelation, if the Father gives it to you, no one can take it from you. Because it is him who draws you to him. No one is pushing you. It has to be a pull from the inside. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Peter Simon answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? That has the words of eternal life. <laughs> and we believe and are sure that the art of the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered them and said, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Is the one who chose you. Amen. As I was expressing to someone one time, he says, Even if at the end of the road I come and, and, and they tell me, You know, the message you believed, it, it, it was wrong. I was expressing to that person, you know, and I know it's not wrong. But even if it was wrong at the end, even if someone said, you know, at the end, the message you believed has been wrong, I would have not changed my mind anyhow. It has done to me so much, it has become so real to me, it has become so part of myself, that no matter what, I cannot deny it anymore. To whom else could I go? You have the words of life. It's not the man who changed you. It's the man of man who delivered you. It's God who delivered you. You used to be slave to different things, but God came into your life and delivered you from those things. No man can take you out of it because you went through that experience yourself. I've touched it. I've seen him. He's real. He's life. That's what the message has to be. And even if you have just that revelation in your heart, revelation gives you assurance. Revelation is there to give you the assurance. As Peter could say here, I am sure that the heart of the Christ. Not just something from someone has tried to put on me, but I am sure that the heart of the Christ, the son of the living God. Not just in our time, it's not Christ of only to put him Jesus Christ as a part of history, but Jesus Christ is alive. He's changing me. He's giving me a desire for more prayer. Sometimes in your own life, I'm trying to encourage you this evening. Sometimes you think, oh, I didn't pray yet. I feel like something is missing. Other people don't have that desire in the heart to feel that something is missing. What is prickling in your heart there? What is there in your heart? It is the revelation God gave you and want that revelation to grow deeper. Amen. Revelation only comes from God. You can pray for it. Even if you memorize the word of God, it's not sufficient. If revelation is beyond you, the prophet says, in the exposition of seven churches, if revelation is beyond you, look up and see God for it. That is the only way you are ever going to get it. A revelation has to come from God. It never comes by human, natural, and human. 
but by the spiritual and human. You can even memorize the scripture and know that it's wonderful that won't do it. It has to be a revelation from God. It has, in, it has in the world that no man can say that Jesus is the Christ except by the Holy Ghost. You have to receive the Holy Ghost. And then and only then can the Spirit give you the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, God the Anointed One. As you notice at the beginning as we read, oh wow. as we go at the beginning, the gates of hell shall be against only one thing. It's the revelation. The gates of hell are not against your emotions, are not against all the different things. And even they are, if they're against it, they know that they, they will easily prevail. But they're, they're targeting your revelation. And the revelation is the only thing that the gates of hell cannot prevail. The only thing that the Laodicea and all the tricks of the enemy can never prevail is the revelation. If God the instructions, let's put it back again a little bit. If God the instruction, you must not do this, you must not do this, you must not do this. She didn't get those instructions from some, from a simple minister. She got the instruction from the prophet Adam. See, from the, from the God of the earth, amateur God on the earth, him directly from him, you must not do that. Got the instruction from that, but Eve didn't have the revelation of what it means. That's why I believe, that's why the devil could come in the term of serpent and could come to her and say, do you really believe that God said that? Because there was, if there's no revelation, even if you give a lot of instructions, it's bound to fail. Because there is no revelation. You tell a child something you do, don't touch this, don't touch it, don't touch it. Sometimes if you don't explain to him why things are not, they'll bind to do the same thing. Any instruction without the revelation is bound to fail. But once you have the revelation, that's why this Eve cannot fail because she has the revelation. She knows who the Messiah is, amen. She knows who her husband is. She knows who the life, where the life is. Eve of this age cannot fail, amen. We all know the story of Peter and Jesus washing his feet. And I just want to draw a, a principle here. It says, then come he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, if I do not if I, what I do, that knowest not now, but I shall know hereafter. Once again, he had the revelation, but he know everything, even know the meaning of everything. At that time, he couldn't even tell him everything because the Holy Spirit was not yet there. But Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If, he, if, he, if I wash thee not, thou hast not part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not not. Not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, You are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had took his garment, and taken his garment, was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me master and lord, and you say, well, for, I am, for, for so I am. If I then, your lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. 
If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I believe that revelation brings forth humility. If you think that as you have it, you grow and the revelation grows, that you have the revelation, you understand more that it's not you got it by your own intellect or by your own effort. It was God who gave that to you. Revelation always brings forth humility. Revelation always brings forth simplicity. Even God, in order to reveal the greatest mystery in our time, before he revealed the seven seals, he preached the message about simplicity. Just stay simple. Just stay humble. Because if you don't stay humble, if you don't have those characters, you might have missed many things because you're trying to look for big, great things. Just have a heart that is humble. Revelation should also bring humility in the heart. Amen. Because no matter in which phases of faith you are in, as we live, look in the life of Peter, as more as he was growing into revelation, the more he understood how to even understand someone else. If you have the revelation of God, you will understand someone who is in errors. You will understand someone who is still struggling. You will pray for someone who is still struggling with different things because you have revelation in your heart. Once you have the revelation, you have compassion for others. Once you have revelation, you have the love of God for others. Amen. The prophet would say that's why the prophet would even say, I'd rather have a wrong doctrine but have a clean heart. Why? Because if you have, if you have a clean heart, the, the doctrine, you will get it. The things you will get, God will reveal more to you. But once you have an unclean heart, once you have a, an unclean condition, there's no way God can reveal more to you. In order for God to reveal more to you, it means you need to have a heart that is humble. Amen. The Proverbs say, just to emphasize on that, and the God that explains says, now I do not take either side when you brother, but I know that as long as you fast, you are both wrong. See, because I'd rather be wrong in my doctrine and right in my heart than to be right in my doctrine and wrong in my heart. As the prophet is saying here, he's not saying that you have to have a wrong doctrine, but in order to say, to emphasize that what the doctrine is coming to do is to change your heart. What the revelation is coming to do is to change your heart. If the revelation is not changing your heart, the revelation is not giving, is not giving you the, the right spirit, you know, put it away. As I was growing in my, in my life, sorry to put that as an example, but one brother just told me, you know, there are many doctrines sometimes, in, in Africa, not only in Africa, but everywhere, different doctrines. He used to tell me, you know, look the kind of life that that revelation is going to bring. If you see, you see that revelation brings a boastful spirit. You see that revelation, or the, what they call revelation, that revelation brings lust. You see that kind of revelation, you just see it, it brings a spirit behind it. But the revelation, true revelation of God will bring a heart that is changed. We see a heart that is humble. We see a heart that is looking for more of God. We see a heart that is more obedient to God. That's what the kind of revelation we want. God, let the revelation, give me that revelation that is changing my heart. Amen. I'd rather be wrong in my doctrine and right in my heart. God will respect it more, says it in getting the spirit. If a man is wrong, what of it? Help him. He needs help. Love him. If you can't lose, if, sorry, if you can't love your enemy the same way as you love those who love you, you're no better off than you're not, you're not better off than the publicans. That's right. That what the church has failed to get. I hope you get it tonight. I hope you see what I'm talking about. That's why you pray for more revelation. 
Because the right revelation brings the right condition of heart. Amen. Revelation brings humility before revealing, and it's just there. It's just becoming more and more real. Amen. Peter, I have prayed for you. Luke 22. But I've prayed for thee that the faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and into death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Whatever stage you are in, and sometimes we get so much excited and different things, we can declare certain things. And Peter here, he was so excited and says, no, Lord, I can have never, never deny you. Never, never deny you. I will always do that. I will always do that. But God, looking at him, says, I know your faith, where your weakness is. I know that you are going to fail me, but I prayed for you. And we can all relate to that experience. Lord, I went there, I went to the altar, I gave my heart, I made that I will never fail, I will never do the same things again. But look here, and I come again, I fell again. I fell. Is it, is it, shall I just give up? No, give up. Don't give up. The revelation that you have in your heart that I know this message is the truth, keep growing on that revelation. Even though you fail, he knows the situation, but he's just come and says, Peter, I've prayed for you. And I know for the bride, he has already prayed for the bride. I've also prayed for you. I know you'll fail. I know you have the mistakes. I know you'll have this here and there. But because of the revelation that you didn't have, not that you didn't get from yourself, I gave you that revelation. I've prayed for that revelation. Jesus Christ says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. I pray not that I shouldest take them out of the world, but I shouldest keep them from the evil. Neither prayer for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through them. That's you and I. He prayed for you and he prayed for me. Amen. That, that, that they all may be one as thou, Father, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou sent me. We can see in the life of, just trying, as a, as a, hopefully you are walking in the life with me, with Peter. Peter had the revelation, but he made certain mistakes, but he didn't prevent the value of that revelation. It didn't belittle the value of that revelation. But it was growing in that revelation. And growing that revelation means the word of God is becoming more and more to you. Amen. Becoming and more and more. You are dying more to yourself. And you are letting Christ having the preeminence to you. That what is more revelation. Make it more real to me. Lord, I don't want one of my things. Because if I come into me, I will always come and interfere with my own thinking. Peter was there and he saw, he saw Jesus and talking, with, talking with, with, with Moses and Elijah. He comes there and interferes. He gives himself. His own. No, that's not you. It's not there. You don't want justice. You don't want the, righteous, the righteousness of, of Moses, of Elijah. You don't want the justice of the law of Moses. What you want is Jesus Christ. Hear him. Even though he had the revelation, he made certain declarations and mistakes, but God didn't put him out right away. He helped him in his walk. Amen. And God is helping us with work. We thank God that God is helping us in our walk. When Peter comes to see the people, as they come to defend or, 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 or to, to, be, to take Jesus Christ, brother, brother Ed mentioned this morning, 
Peter was the one who came and drew the sword and drew it and smote the high priest servant. And he cut his ear off. He came there and he tried to defend the word of God by himself. Sometimes we have the revelation and we come and we try to defend things on our own merit. We try to defend things with our own strength. We take the word of God and we cut people in different ways. But that's not what God intends us to be. Amen. And Jesus Christ, knowing what will happen, he just took that ear and put it back into that man's, man's ear. I always think oh, that, that man, he should have been a believer right there if he was a seed. Because you see your ear down and you see it come back. And if I'm a believer, I just, oh, this man, I might not arrest him. <laughs> but I don't know what happened to him. But. but we see the weakness of a man. We see Peter here trying to curse. When Matthew 26 says, 44 says, Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. He's denying Jesus Christ. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the word of God, which said unto him before the cock crew, that they shall deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. I just want to emphasize this evening, it's not sometimes, and most of the times, and even all the time, it's not you keeping the revelation. It's the revelation keeping you. Many times, Brother Banham have liked and desired to come out of out of out of the of the battle, out of the out of the battle, out of the mission. He wanted to give up. He wanted to say no. I don't, they don't listen. I don't. He gets frustrated on his own, and, on, and he tried to reject his call. And sometimes even his own wife tried to correct him. Says, "I don't think that God called me." <laughs> Mira say told him, "But are you serious? Something like that." But every time he wanted to go away, God is the one who was bringing him back. When he lost his family, you may say he must himself give that testimony. It's not me who kept him. It's him who kept me. Now many times we have wondered, we have tried to get away. But if you are a seed of God, you cannot never get away from the word of God. He will always put you back into the track. It's not you keeping him, but it's him keeping you. Because he called you and is himself keeping you. Amen. But you see, the quality of revelation here is repentance. As long as you make a mistake and you have the willingness to come and repent, that's the quality of revelation. Cain, was, Cain as we mentioned last time, was given the same opportunity. He was given the same chance to repent. He was given the same chance to obey. But there was nothing inside of him in order to respond to the word of God. Jezebel has been given a chance to repent, but she has nothing inside of her in order to repent. But Peter had the ability to repent. I've messed up. I've made everything wrong. I should have not done this way. Really, what was happening to me there? But I thought I had the revelation. Yes, you had the revelation, but you need a new birth. Amen. But, once, but even that, he still had to he repent it, and he repented bitterly. And when he repented bitterly, when Jesus Christ was resurrected, and when he came and he told to Mary, he says, go and tell my disciples, and don't forget Peter to wait for me. Jesus Christ is not only looking at your mistakes, but he's looking at a desire inside of your heart for more of him. Amen. Easily, a small mistakes brings us to our old things. But he prayed for you. 
Even Peter, he had everything that you can imagine. I'm trying to skip here to save time. When he came to the time of uh, the crucifixion and uh, all the time, he didn't understand all things. He didn't understand how it was happening. In this time of that, he didn't understand all that was happening. But even in those, in those times of confusion for his part, God had prayed for him. God knew that the, the revelation he had inside of him will keep him all the long way. And he said once after the resurrection, he told him, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He was asking him that question in regard to the love of God that has to be like a power love instead of filial love. But every time Peter was responding, he was saying, I love him you with the filial love. Revelation has to bring you back to the agapao love. Revelation has to bring you back to the level where you can say, oh, I love you even I can love my own enemies. I love you, God, above any other thing. Revelation has to bring you to the level where, or where you put God at the first priority. That's what revelation is. That's why you can pray for more revelation. As long as something still has a priority before God, it's time for you to come and pray for more revelation. God, give me more revelation. Because it might be just something, oh, maybe I have a little, yes, we have a little revelation. That's only a good step. But that revelation needs to grow, grow and grow and become more and more real. Amen. Peter had to grow until he comes to the level where he could say in Acts 2, 14, standing there in the presence of the people and saying, You know, ye men of Judah and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it by the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. No matter your walk that you're walking in, you have to come to the point where you say, this message, I'm is that and I'm this. This is that. The message has become me and I've become the message. That's why we pray for more revelation for the message to live on not only the books but to become life in our lives. God, give us more revelation for the life of the message to come a reality in our lives. Amen. That's why the prophet says, Exposition of Seven Churches, how did Abel know what to do in order to offer a proper sacrifice to God? By faith, he received the revelation of the blood. Cain didn't get such a revelation, even though he had a commandment, so he couldn't offer the right sacrifice. It was a revelation from God that made the difference and gave Abel eternal life. Now, you might take that what the pastor says or what the seminary teaches, although it might be taught to you with eloquence, until God reveals to you that Jesus is the Christ and that it is the blood that cleanses you and that God is your Savior, you will never have eternal life. It is the spiritual revelation that does that. Amen. Amen. Lord, I see your command. Your com- end of quote. Lord, I see your command. Your commandment. I don't want to be around trying to follow that commandment without revelation. I might be doing the right thing. God gave the commandment to Israel to offer offerings, but without revelation, they make it a tradition. God does not want to do things just by tradition. He wants a personal and a real revelation. Amen. 
Because once you meddle by the tradition, you miss the mind of God. Therefore, God could tell the same Israel to whom he gave them the commandment. He says, bring me no more those, off, those, those offerings and those incense. Because for me, they just become, they become just abomination unto me. How come the same thing you told us to do to you, they become now abomination to you? Because you are doing this just by tradition. I want that to become a revelation to you. I want that to become a reality. I want you to see the love behind it. You have to do it with the love of God. Amen. Then I will end with this. Christ in you makes him the center of life of the revelation. See? Christ's life in you makes him the center of the revelation. Christ in the Bible makes the Bible the complete revelation of Christ. Christ in you makes you the complete revelation of the whole thing. See, what God is trying to do, what is the new birth then? You'd say, well, Brother Barnum, what is the new birth? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. So what does it mean? And of course, there. No matter what you walk, you have to come to the revelation of Acts 2 28, where you said, I repented, I've been baptized, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now it's a personal revelation to me. Amen. Only once you came to that great revelation becomes a reality of the new birth into society. Then Satan can never face you, can never stand, I want to say, he can never come and take that from you. Because it's a reality to you that nothing can never take it away from you. The prophet says, the devil, the enemy of your soul, can't, cannot tread of those, on those sacred grounds when you met, where you met Christ. You know what you are talking about. You might not have education enough to explain it, but you know what you are talking about. That's true. We need more such as that. It's not explaining it, it's receiving it. I can't explain the nine gifts, but I haven't got them. I might not be able to explain lots of things or to explain. That has nothing to do with it. Receiving Christ is receiving the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Something that you know that happened to you were there, that for you were there. And then as soon as the little trials come up, the Christian that just walked up and accepted Christ as a personal Savior, never been born again, then he finally drifts off. The, little, the first little persecution comes up. Why is it? When Christ comes into the heart, he comes right straight first to that private life of yours. As so I was coming to church here, just uh, my kids sometimes want to go to this, listen to the radio and all the music. There was a little bit of fight there in the car. No, no, this, this, this doesn't is a Christian song. Oh, it is a Christian song. Can you hear the word, the Christian Jesus there? So they, they have their argument. Whenever the Jesus is in a song, it's a Christian song. I'm saying, no, no, it's not a Christian song. Uh, so uh, then it went, someone talking, and then says, you know, as you are born as a child of God, and you have there, I've had my experiences, I've seen people are born as children of God, and then after that, they drift away and they go into the world. I was just telling my wife, this is not right. If you are born again of, the, of, of God, of the word of God, you can never go back to the world. It's a irreversible process because once you are born of the word of God, you are born of the word of God. 
People of the world cannot be born again. The reason why you can be born again because there is a seed inside of you that has accepted the word of God and responded to the word of God. That foundation that was put before the foundation, before the, the world, before the foundation of the world, is the foundation we have to build on. Lord, I don't understand everything, but I know you are real. It's you who prickled my heart. You spoke to my heart, and I respond to my heart. No matter the devil is put on my side, I know this revelation can never be prevailed. It will always prevail. Amen. Amen. Revelation gives you boldness. Revelation gives you authority. It is the revelation of God that will give you authority over the devil. That when Peter, when he was filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, He rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the important man, but what means he was made whole, be it known unto you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you. It was the same Peter who was afraid of them a few days ago. But once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he could speak with authority because it is the revelation of God that gives you authority over the devil. Once you know who you are, Amen. Once the church knows who she is, she becomes an invincible army. Amen. The prophet says, musicians can come. It's a promise of a big closing. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is, what she stands for, and if she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. If they get a true revelation of the true spirit within the framework of the Christian church and by God's spirit discern and withstand the antichrist spirit, Satan will be powerless before her. You need to know, you need to discern, but not only discerning, but withstanding the antichrist spirit. In our walk that you are walking every day in this time of Laodicea that you are walking, we need to have the ability to discern and withstand. We need another thought. What can help you to discern only the revelation in your heart that can help you to discern? This does not align with the revelation I've received, so it's not of God. That what Peter could come into that Simon the sorcerer, he could tell by what the intention behind you, I can see that that's not coming from God. Why he could say that? Because he had a revelation that gave him the position in order to discern and to withstand and to reject anything that is of the enemy. Anything that is not of the devil that's trying to put on you that is not matching with the revelation of the word of God. You need to be able to say this has no part in me. Satan, you have no part in me. I accept what the revelation has given me, what the word of God has given me and I'm walking in my revelation. Amen. Then Satan becomes powerless. Why he becomes powerless? Because he will try to poke into, but you'll find that you're still standing on the revelation. Oh, this is what the word of God says and that settles it. Do you understand it? He will try to reason to you. Do you understand? You know, if you look this, this, and you can... The mind, they'll try to work on the mind, but God works on the heart. Revelation goes to the heart. Amen. Says, if he comes to you and try to persuade one way or the other, because you have standing upon the word of God, he becomes powerless. He says, he, the Satan is powerful as long as you give him room to work on. 
He comes to you and says, if you give him room to, you know, this one is thinking about me this way, this way. If you entertain those kind of thoughts, he finds a room to work on. But as long as you put those places aside and stand with the word of God, he has no room to work on. Amen. He's chained by the circumstances. He's chained by the revelation. Amen. He says, Satan be powerless before. It will be as defiantly thwarted today as when Christ withstood his every effort to gain power over him in the desert. Remember when Jesus Christ came, he said, came to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't use all the power, but just used the word of God. It is written. Amen. Yes, Satan hates revelation, but the bride loves revelation. But we love it. With true revelation in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us, but we will prevail against us them. Amen. Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts, but the book of Revelation shows that, shows how that the Antichrist spirit will come into the church and defile it, making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. So I'm putting as a comment here, anything that makes you formal or powerless, will make you lukewarm, it is the work of the Antichrist. You need to discern that and withstand that. Anything that is making you to pray less, Withstand that. Anything that is trying to you to spend more time on things that, that is not helping you to get closer to God, you need to discern that and withstand that. Because the revelation is to give you power of the enemy. Amen. As Brother Mary. Oh. Half <laughs> Brother Mary. So, um... Yeah, let's, let's, let's sing. Um, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Oh, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that God 